Welcome back, folks. Welcome to the Pinch Talk podcast, where Mario and Pat, both of us, we come here to give you weekly baseball content. Uh, last week, uh, we did uh, the ALEs. We recorded the ALEs. Uh, we uploaded the NL West podcast, so check that out. Uh, for this edition, we're going to go over a division that I think is going to be pretty fucking entertaining because this happens to be the division that Pat's team plays in. So, yeah, the American League Central. Now, this is a division uh, that's been really bad from top to bottom. Well, not really from top to bottom, but like half the teams have not been competitive for a couple years. Uh, this year, it looks like that trend might break for the first time in a couple years, but we'll have to see. So, to start in order, alphabetical order again, we're going to start with Chicago team, the Chicago White Sox. Now, the White Sox just a little intro they are in that kind of spot where they're just starting out well not really starting out but they're just starting out that phase of the rebuild in which they see the light they see the end of the tunnel they can kind of touch it pause uh but they're not quite ready yet would you agree pat um i agree they won 72 games last year um they have a lot of their top prospects are now on the cups of um, reaching AAA or they're at AAA and ready to um and ready to ready to uh, get called up and graduate and, and mm-hmm. get playing time at the major league level and see if they stick and become everyday players. And major free yep. aging signings to kind of complement this group with veterans that have playoff experience in order to kind of guide them along and help them take those baby steps because yep. their their team is very um. So um, it's an interesting team. I think they can be very entertaining, not just from a playing standpoint, but from a personality standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the with the with the White Sox, they have a lot of um, Afro Latino and Black players from uh, African American yep. and Cuban players on their roster. They have a they have three or four Cubans, I think, and it's really cool to see. So yeah, um, yeah. but I'm really uh... excited. One of those Latino players is their biggest free agent signing and someone that I was desperate for the Rockies to sign in back-to-back years. They passed on him as uh, covered last week. Uh, Yasmani Grandal, uh, he's one of the best catchers in the league, probably second best catcher in the league behind uh, JT Real Muto. They signed him to a four-year deal. I think it's a perfectly fair deal for what he's going to bring. You know, great framing. Terrific hitter for you know for the catcher position, switch hitter. He can play first in his off days, DH, so you keep the bat in the lineup. And yeah, I think that's a really fair uh, contract. The other one they gave out, like you know the quote unquote big contract they gave up was uh, uh, Dallas Keuchel. Uh, now he's not you know Dallas Keuchel that won the Cy Young Award, of course, but he's still a good back end of the rotation piece. You know to kind of eat some innings. He's durable. You know. And for a team like this, that's uh, really valuable. Uh, the last one that I wanted to talk about before, you know, handing it over to you was uh, Edwin Encarnacion. Now, he struggled a lot in the playoffs with the Yankees last year. Like, Yankees fans, were, you know, they, they turn on him and shit. But I think he can be a solid player, you know, just kind of, you know, quote-unquote, you know, kind of stopgap at the DH position because, you know, eventually you might see a younger player, you know, up there, maybe Jose Abreu as one of their younger prospects comes up, you know, the first base, Andrew Vaughn. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty much what Pat said. They made uh, signings for, you know, they signed, you know, established veteran players 
and but really what's going to determine how far they go not just this year but in you know in the following years is the young players and i think that there's a lot of upside um this uh farm system has been uh really good the past couple years and i think really pat like there's one clear player here that's you know the one that everyone's talking about everyone really wants to see yeah his name is luis robert robert um from cuba signed in 2017 and he pretty much short through the minor leagues he's 22 go almost 23 years old he signed mm-hmm. an extension with the White Sox, um, similar to one that they made with Eloy Jimenez before they brought him up. Yep. To where he's getting paid, um, not at a premium, but it's six years, fifty million with club options for twenty six and two club options. So, Ooh. so he's getting he's losing two free agent years, um, but yeah. he's also making more money than possibly than what he would when you combine yeah. the first three years of service time where he only makes 500000 a year Absolutely. and arbitration is, is based on his performance. He reminds so, me a lot of, um, it's hard to cut you off, he reminds me a lot of, uh, I think we talked about this, of a uh, center field version of Javi Baez. I think he's he's more of a starting Marte. I think that's kind of the equivalent to me. Really? Yeah, so starting Marte, high average, kind of a he can hit for power. He can he can run 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 bases. I think they have a similar approach at the plate, and so do some of the um, the big uh, scouting mag, uh, scouting entities like Fangraphs or Baseball America. That's the comparisons they make. More of a okay. starting Marte. Okay. Um, Luis Robert is really athletic. He's he's huge. He looks like a wide receiver. Look at yep. that went to Alabama. Honestly, he's six three, one eighty five, but he's ripped. He's shredded. Um, he's an elite power. athlete. Yeah, crazy yeah. power. Um, he's an elite athlete. Seventy grade speed. Um, he's gonna stay in center field for sure. He has instincts and the throwing arm. Um, so he has defensive value and he also has value with the bat because when he connects, he, he hits the crap out of the ball. Yeah. Uh, the reason I say you know how you buy it is because they both swing and miss a lot. They strike out a lot, and you know the elite power for an up the middle player. But I see the star on the Marte too. I think that he's going to be, you know, kind of a typical slugger, really lots of strikeouts, low on base percentage, you know, high slugging percentage. But I think that's perfectly fine because he's going to give you plus defense to center. He's a good base runner. And anything you can get from that out of your, you know, aside from that, out of a center fielder is is already a plus. The other prospect um, is Michael Kopech. He is a guy who, if I'm not mistaken, had serious injury, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he um he got called up last year and yep. in this fourth start after it kind of seemed like he was getting it together he tore his ucl and needed tommy john mm. surgery that's bad and it was towards the late, late year so he he missed all of 2019 as well mm-hmm. and he's actually been an option triple a so i think he's gonna get reps at triple a before they bring him up and he's yeah, gonna actually he's gonna be on their expanded roster because rosters are gonna be expanded now because of the COVID nineteen crisis. Mm-hmm. But um, I think we should expect to see him sometime this year. And there is skeptics skeptics that think he won't stick as a starter because of his command and his lack of a third pitch. Mm-hmm. Well, lack of a changeup, I should say. But at the same time, even if he isn't a starter, he should 
be a high leverage reliever because he he sits around 97 98 and he has a um his uh slider is really good as well mm-hmm. so but um another prospect i was really looking at was nick madrigal yeah um, i really like him a lot very unique player for today very unique player for um today's three outcome he's high contact he walks a lot he um he's very fast athletic steals steals the bases yeah um, look he, he only has like a four percent strikeout rate in this time in the minor leagues which is ridiculous that's incredible so like he just puts the ball in play all the time that's like that's like tony gwen-esque ability to make contact and control the bat yep so the the um one contract sign i really like that the that the um white Sox made was signing aaron bummer a young relief pitcher a lefty they gave him a five-year extension for 15 million mm-hmm. yeah we really liked what he did last year and they think he could follow it up follow it up i think based on his profile he kind of deserved that based on the success he had last year um he only has one year service time as well um so he's, yep. he's pretty young he's only 26 so i think he's gonna be pretty good for them they still have alex colombia as their closer um and I think the Indians should kind of be making see some of these extensions with their young guys, but we'll get to that when we when we talk about the Indians. Yeah, we'll get to um, that. So, so <laughs> hey, go, ahead, go ahead. All right. Um, go ahead. With their lineup, they have a really good lineup. Um, I really don't know what the order is, but you have Tim Anderson, Yohan Makata, um, Jose Abreu, Yasmani yep. Grandal. Encarnacion, Eloy Jimenez, he should be taking a really big step forward. He wasn't yep. spectacular last year, but he still put up 31 home runs and decent. He matched in the second half too. Yeah, he so. he, he he ripped that AL apart. Um, they traded for Nor- Nomar Mazzara, and I think he's kind of a lottery ticket. But if he doesn't, I don't really expect much from him. But he he should be pretty decent. Maybe um, 20 home runs, decent defense. Um, I don't think he's not really a high average or high on base guy. Yeah. Um, but they have Lurie Garcia at second base right now. And I think he just stayed there until they decided to bring Camacho Gallo. And they yeah. have Luis Robert. He's going to be a center field from this point forward. Their bench mm-hmm. is pretty good. James McCann, who, who was really good last year, had a breakout season. He's going to be on the bench now behind Yasmani Grandal. But he's probably the best bench catcher in all of baseball. Yeah, there was um, some talk that they might trade him. They could, they could use him as a good trade piece. That would be smart. And see what you could get for him. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to repeat what he did last year because he almost led the majors in batting average. I think. Yeah, that's kind of. That's kind of after you know, kind of a whole career of not really that type of of, of offensive production. You just get at one spike, and it was yeah. a spike that was uh, for the first half really only for the first half of last year the second half he kind of went down to typical you know his career production after that point so i think it's fair to expect you know some sort of bounce you know decline from him correct um they're starting rotation they have lucas giolito he really broke out last year which was expected he was one of the best prospects in baseball and after um his first year he was pretty much the worst starting individual individual starting pitcher in all of baseball putting up a negative award thing and really making adjustments to his delivery and how he throws the ball from his arm slot based on his frame and everything. He really figured it out. Um, and it was really interesting to see. Yeah. 
I think he should be their ace. I think he should be their ace for a long time. I think they they might be looking for essential on him as well because if they know he's going to get big money free agency. But the White Sox yeah. shouldn't be able to afford it because you know they're the White Sox, they're a big market team, and um, them having the payroll flexibility since they signed their young, some of the other younger position players to extensions early should um, be able to help them make those big free agent signings. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that uh, kind of like the the big picture with them is that they're this team that you know if if things click, if the right players keep you know keep improving. Uh, this is a team that uh, might be serious uh, for the next couple of years, especially since, you know, what you said. Uh, they got a lot of their key young players signed to bargain deals, as, uh, uh, essentially. I think it's fair to expect some sort of regression from the likes of, you know, Tim Anderson and uh, Yoel Moncada, but I think that's kind of, you know, kind of counteracted with the simple fact that they will progress themselves, really. So, yeah. You also signed Yoel Moncada to an extension as well. Yeah. I forgot about that. But um, their core is really young, and they're they're making the right steps by surrounding their core other young guys that are now just out getting service time with experienced veterans that have service time and playoff experience and leadership ability. Because it, um, their clubhouse, their clubhouse should be really great. I really like their manager Rick Renteria. He has a lot of respect from those young guys in that clubhouse. And he's also bilingual, which helps a lot. Because there's a lot of Latino guys on this team as well. Yeah. Um, That's a good quality for any manager to have, really. Yes. Be, be able to communicate with all your players directly. Um, yep. I don't see, I can see this team making a wild card run. But, um, yeah, like there's always a chance that things don't go well. Correct. With the, with the young guys, they just don't stick or pan out. But yep. at the same time, um, they really gave the Indians fits last year. Um, they almost split the series. It, it was like, I think they won the season series against us, but um, they won 72 games, which is pretty decent for the roster they had last year. Um, yeah. I don't. I just don't know what to expect. They, they have, there's reasons, there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic, but at the same time, you always got to be skeptical of the young guys until you really see what they do at a major league level. Yeah. So there's a lot of high, there's a lot of variance with this roster from a performance standpoint. But there's yeah. no reason to believe that they can't be contenders for the next few years if everything goes correctly. Yeah, I think um, in the long run they should be fine, even if a couple of the pieces, you know, a couple maybe don't don't perform as they expected. Because I think in in the long run, like like I said, like just the amount of talent that's flowing into the major league, you know, uh, roster, I think that. It would have to be a lot of bad luck, if you know, for them not to be in a good position. I agree for sure, because even their depth guys are really talented. Um, it's, yeah. it, Amy had Andrew Vaughn come up yet, and he should be maybe in the majors in 2022. Same with Nick Madrigal, and then yeah, they I think, still have a whole lot think, of outfield uh, at the AAA level as well. Yeah, I think uh, Andrew Vaughn is kind of the um, uh, he's the type of prospect that will move up really quickly because there there's not you no know, whole lot of mystery to him just the bat so and you know he and he's an advanced hitter already so i think is more i think it's pretty likely that he replaces um jose abreu at some point in late 2021 i agree at the earliest 
I agree. So, well, one note is they uh, they have a lot of DH first base types on the roster. Yeah. Um, that seems kind of be the big thing. They have Zach Collins, Jeremy Mercedes, Andrew Vaughn, Jose Abreu, Nomar Rosario, Edwin. Edwin. Edwin is a stopgap though for sure. He should be retired yeah. in the next couple of years, I think. Unless he just keeps on hitting 30 home runs in the year. In that case, he's going to get signed by somebody. Yeah. And why not? He's one of the best leaders and personalities in baseball. Yeah. He's respected by everybody. So Great career. Great career. I, I love that one. Um, I'm really happy with what he brought to the Indians. I just want to get it out, out the way. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, if I had to predict a, a record uh, for the White Sox, you know, if this was a full season, I'd say that the pace that they'll play, I'm going to stick around right around 500 because, you know, as a sign, uh, as a sign of kind of my indecision because I really don't know. Like, I feel like if everything clicks right and goes right, this team gets to 90 wins just like that. But if, if you know, if things don't work out, you know, players regress, you know, someone gets hurt, 70 wins again, I think is pretty real possibility. So I'm, I'm going to stick around 80, 80 wins, 80, 81, and I'm going to call it a day. I agree. Anywhere from 70 to 80 wins is kind of my range for them. If yeah. they get momentum and they're kind of they're they're young guys, they play hard, they they don't quit. They can they can easily go for ninety wins and be for a wild card. But I don't see yeah. that happening. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. Okay, so after the White Sox are done, I think you know me and Pat both agreed, kind of you know around five hundred, whatever. Uh, they're difficult to predict. Like that's really the thing with them. So after the White Sox. Here we go for the main event of the evening. Um, introducing first, fighting out of the pinch talk corner, Patrick Ellington. And the champion, fighting out of the AL Central corner, the Cleveland Indians. All right, that was corny as fuck, but go. All right. Um... We got the Cleveland Indians, my favorite team. Oh, man, the people on Twitter will give me like, the Cleveland jokes. But anyways, <laughs> uh, nigga, you from Cleveland. But anyways, um, Indians, they won 93 games last year, and they didn't even make a playoffs, which is the first time it's ever happened in this era of baseball, which kind of wraps up, which kind of sums up the bad luck this kind of core has had during this era of playoff contention. Yep. Just to put things in perspective for everybody. Um, they have one of the best, if not the best, left side duo in baseball at third base and shortstop. And those Aaron Mears and Francisco Lindor, and they're only 26 and 27 years old, which goes to show how talented and special they are. They've had one of the best pitching staffs of all time since 2016. They've set records and broken their own records, and they've traded guys out and club guys in the day and just successful which goes to show you how great this organization is at developing starting pitching and the reputation for developing starting pitching um their bullpen their bullpen has been pretty good since 2016 they've had a lot of great and big names and they're kind of in the air transition where they're plugging guys in right now the objective of the Indians front office is to make the team younger while also keeping them competitive at a playoff level by maintaining some pieces of the current core while developing new pieces of the core as well. Um, Last year, 
over the last kind of year, they traded Trevor Bauer and Corey Kluber. And those are two really good starting pitchers. Um, Corey Kluber has won two Cy Youngs since 2014, which goes to the best individual pitcher in each league. He's been maybe a top five pitcher in baseball since he broke out in 2014. Agreed. Trevor Bauer hasn't been as good, but all star. His his 2018 was really great, and if he wasn't hurt, then he probably would have won the Cy Young Award, if not for a fluke line drive that broke his ankle. Um, 2019 he was kind of struggling, but his peak is really high, and he's a really intelligent player, and so he deserves his props. Um. Carlos Santana was brought back last year and he had a career year. He's one of the best players in the front Cleveland East franchise. He's the top five first baseman in my opinion. Um, yeah, he's one of my favorite players ever. Um, I've watched him for about ten years now and he's been great. They added Cesar Hernandez in the offseason as a second baseman and he kind of should be a stopgap until Nolan Jones comes up and they put him out there and slide Jose over to second base because Jose is a, can play second base as well as he can play third. They signed Domingo Santana to a one-year deal with a one-year option and he's kind of similar to Fran Emil. He, he kind of should put up maybe 25, 30 home runs if he can stay healthy. DH type. They, yeah, DH type. He should be their DH. They have Oscar Mercado. They traded for him for the Cardinals, which kind of seems highway robbery at this point. I like um, him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Gold glove potential on center field. Could put up 20 steals and maybe 15 home runs. Maybe like a 270 batting average. And if he can draw more walks and kind of hit for doubles and triples, then that would be nice. Um, Roberto Perez, best defensive catcher in all of baseball most likely he should have won the platinum glove mm-hmm. um, he, he's really great um, he had a breakout season last year in the first full season as a starting catcher he hit for power too yeah he, he's gonna give you 20 home runs and he could go the opposite way as well yeah um, you well, take that from a catcher yeah sorry yeah you take that from a catcher go glove defense and 20 home runs I just I don't know about the the offense of this team. It just it confuses me a little bit. I feel like uh, I feel like, and uh, we've talked a lot uh, about the Indians in the offseason because and, and I've told you uh, that they frustrated me a lot, a lot, a lot, yeah. a lot because I mean this is pretty much you know what we talked about. Uh, this is a team that is very clearly I think that it's undisputable that uh this team's window like with the current roster is you know closing and when you have players of this magnitude playing for cheap uh to not maximize uh your potential to win at all not just to make the playoffs like that's not good enough that's not you know why these organizations play you know aside from making money but to not maximize the potential to win a world series i think it's just crazy to me because you're never like i don't want to say never but you're very unlikely to find a left side of the infield of the you know of this magnitude once again and both and they were homegrown yes and both cheap homegrown like it's perfect it's perfect and they have not been aggressive enough to me um i like every really like as a whole i like every aspect of this team i've said this too like i like the the rotation a lot i think it's underrated 
I like the bullpen should be cool although losing class a uh, obviously hurts but i think the bullpen should be fine anyway uh, oh my goodness that was yeah uh, um, <laughs> that sucked that was really really bad i, I really really wanted to see yeah it. it's the timing is awful because mm-hmm. it's supposed to court clubbers right and while a lot of indians fans think court clubber is still the same pitcher that he was before yeah um everything that happened over the last calendar year i don't think he is so and plus, um, when the trade happened, people were like, even myself, I was like, we traded him for a lever. But yeah, me too. When me they too. came out, that the Indians um, used him as a top 100 prospect type player. And when I looked at his profile and, and looked at a video and stuff like that, who throws a 102 miles power cutter? Yeah, when I saw that, I'm like, okay, no, I'm sold. Like, nobody. Yeah. I, I get it. Like, I get it. You, yeah. He's a unicorn. And. Yeah. He should be treated as such. And while I think he took the PEDs because he was trying to recover from his injury. Yeah. Because when he came over, he said himself, I was traded for a really good pitcher and I want to prove myself to the organization. Yeah. I feel like he felt so that So I think pressure. he got a lot of pressure. He felt that pressure for sure. But one thing that's making me feel a little better is you have James Karinczak. He's a beast. And you still have Brad Hand. I mean, James Karinczak struck out 59% of the minor leaguers he faced last year. Like, y'all know how fucking crazy that is? Like, and, like that's, any of you people listening, that is insanity. Like, like three, basically three out of every five hitters he faced, he struck out. Even in yeah, today's that's, game, that's insane. Yeah, it is. Like, no um, chance. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, with James Karinczak, he's perfect for his era of baseball because he 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 mostly plays in the top part of the strike yeah, zone with his fastball breaking ball and then he yeah. his his corner is his curveball is a is a bender from hell that just drops yeah it's like it's like a right hand clay kershaw kind of yeah like he's That's a, the best he's, way I put it. he's a perfect high leverage reliever like i'm not enamored with the term you know you know who you call closer who you call you know just reliever i just use the term reliever in general he's a high leverage reliever that you can use right now so you don't you don't typically see uh you don't typically see uh let me put it like this i think he was ranked uh fifth on the fan graphs uh uh top prospects rankings for, for the indians that just came out like a couple days ago you don't typically see a lot of relievers ranked that high you don't see relievers with with a fifty feature value in general. Yeah, and, yeah. And Fangraphs themselves said he's a reliever that teams pay pay a premium for. Yep. Which is in the same classes. Which is in the same class as Mayo Class A. So, and they're both young. They're both only Mayo Class A just turned twenty two, and James Karinczak is twenty four. So you put them in the seven day inning, and you combine that with Brad Hand. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. And you have control of them for the next six years. And it's, even at the major league level last year in five innings, he put up a 36% K rate with a 4.5% breaking uh, walk rate. Stupid. 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 And then even and then with Mario Classe, he's not really a strikeout guy, but he's an extreme ground ball pitcher where people make contact. But since it's a cutter and it's moving across the strike zone and it's 99 to 102 miles per hour people are making good contact and the indians defense is one of the best defenses in the major leagues without a doubt yeah so especially when you have francisco lindor at shortstop 
mm-hmm. who, if not for Andrew Jelton Simmons, is the generational shortstop from a defensive standpoint. And from over a standpoint, he's easily the best shortstop of this generation. Yes, I agree. I agree. But with him, um, there's kind of been all over the place when it comes to news of the Indians attempting to resign him. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't think they will. He's he's going to get four hundred million dollars in free agency, and he should. At which age will he hit the uh, market? I think it's like twenty eight. Twenty eight. Okay, but yeah, he's what he's going to get a free agency is going to be, it should be way more than what A Rod got for a shortstop. Yeah. And honestly, you should get more than Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, if we're being honest. Oh, 100%. 100%. Plays a more only important position baseball, than a player. Like, yeah, only players I think should get more money than him in free agency are Wookiee Best and Mike Trout. I agree. As far as value. Yeah, as far, as far as total value. Yeah. Um, with Jose Ramirez, they have him until 2023 for cheap. Yeah, it's a bargain. Um, we're very cheap. That that contract was highway robbery. And they were kind of, and they signed him after 2016 when he broke out. That contract is looking very great. They have Fran Mel Reyes, and that the, the, um, Trevor Ball trade looked great for them because they got five players back for one that wasn't even, they only had one good year. Yeah, um, their forty-man roster is kind of a, a a gluttony of outfielders, so they got to kind of go through all those outfielders they have. But yeah. the main, the the main pieces, the main facet the team is going to make in competitive is starting rotation, and that's kind of been what the Indians have been for the last four or five years. The starting rotation has been the best piece of the team, mm-hmm. and you got Shane Bieber, Mike Clevenger, and Carlos Carrasco, which is a great top three. Yeah. Although I'm not sure if Carlos Carrasco is even going to play this year because he has cancer and because of COVID, we don't know if he's at risk or not. Probably is. And but... There's no news of him being in remission, so he's probably he might not play. And I don't think they're going to force him to play. Um, I expect big things from Shane Clevenger, Mike Clevenger, and Shane Bieber. Yeah. Um, um, they're they're going to have Adam Plutko in the rotation just because of the fact that he's out of options. And he's he's been a pretty decent back of rotation guy for them, so I'm not mad at that. But when you have the the last spot in rotation, you have Jeffrey Rodriguez, Zach Plesac, Aaron Savali, Scott Moss, um, and all sorts of other guys that could compete for that spot and do pretty decent. Um, I think Aaron Savali gets it because in the short time in the majors last year, he was great. He only he had like a 2.5 ERA. Mm-hmm. Although it was a short amount of time, um, in spring training, Zach Plesac seemed to have a velocity jump, which is kind of interesting considering the fact that most starting pitchers are kind of behind when they first start playing. So what happens to like Everything looks just fine, but not enough. Is it enough though? Is it enough? Be serious right now. Like, is it enough? Like, is this like is this roster as as is constructed right now? Is this enough? Like, if you face say the Yankees or the Astros or fuck it like even if you face the A's or the Rays in a wild card game is this enough to where you can say yeah I'm confident as a fan but as an objective fan I think so maybe see there's some doubt right there there's some doubt but at the same time I have Mike Clemenger on the mound and I have Francisco Lindor Carlos Santana Jose Ramirez yeah and 
friend of El Rey Samalado. Honestly, I, I'm gonna take that just as an experience and um this team is a ninety is a ninety one team to me easily. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very high floor team, like because there are there's there's a lot of certainties uh in the, on on the roster. I think my problem is that I don't see, you know, a huge ceiling beyond that. I don't see a ceiling that that would tell me that I'm comfortable picking this team against a big powerhouse. I'm just not. That's just, that's that's my opinion at, uh, as an outsider, someone who's a fan of an NL team. So I don't pay as much attention to the AL, but I still do pay a lot of attention, obviously. But the Indians strike me as a team that's really good, but not good enough. That's my own. I that's agree. My, that's my honest opinion. I agree. And with the the one thing this pandemic kind of complicates is the trade deadline. Yeah. And signing players, what do you, draft, and then, everything. Plus the service time, plus the service time agreement to where players are still accumulating service time. You're losing development from minor leaguers that the Indians really are relying on to come up in the next few years, kind of yep. keep the window open and kind of transition a new era. Yeah. Or maybe help this current core out to where they can go for a ring, or maybe trade for additional piece, major league piece. Mm-hmm. Um. So. One thing I can say is the Indians are at a very pivotal standpoint right now to kind of a bit of a crossroads because they are. The lease is up on the stadium in 2025. You have a new bargaining agreement in 2021. You have Francisco Lindor potentially leaving. Probably potentially leaving, most likely leaving, just yep. to be honest, by 2021. Yeah, a lot of um, big things happening at the same time. A lot of things are very are going on right now that are very very important um but i don't know it's just kind of it's just it's just weird they just in a very weird place to me and i just don't know how to explain it just i i don't i don't know the rhyme or reason for it um they feel static the front office or make what do you mean like static as far as uh the major league team oh static okay i think just stacked no <laughs> to an extent yes but at the same time i'm gonna give the front office the benefit of the doubt just because they're yeah they they're that good they have the track record they prove themselves time and time again they have a reason for everything um mm-hmm. so I guess we'll see but um the minor leagues they have some minor league players that could come up and Daniel Johnson um he was supposed to come up this year, James Karinchak, Zach Plesak, um, Bradley Zimmer is supposed to be healthy this year. Maybe we can see what he, if he can make adjustments. Um, Yu Chang, Logan Allen, Bobby Bradley, all kind of fringish guys, but they could have they could have helped the team out one way or another. Yeah. And I think one 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 facet of the offense that is going to be really good is from a base running standpoint. They have a lot of fast guys that yep. can steal bases. Yep. Um, just to go indoor, Oscar Mercado, Cesar Hernandez, and Jose Ramirez, obviously. And um, past immunity uh, shield. Uh, past just stealing bases, just good ba- just good base running, first to third on, on yeah. a single, shit like that. That really yeah, will help. I it. agree. Um, but um, I think this team. It's also a balanced roster, a balanced lineup too, because you're gonna have four switch hitters on the infield, mm-hmm. and that's gonna be really important. Um, with the new three battle rule, how do yep. you see what's in them? Yep. How do you put this? How do you put the lineup in order? Um, besides Francisco Lindor and Jose Ramirez, somewhere in the top three. 
Do you put Oscar Mercado at the top of the lineup, or do you put him at the bottom to no. put Cesar Hernandez at the top of the lineup? Six. Oh. I got him six. So if I Ooh. go, so if I put their lineup together, uh, I go Lindor one, Santana two, uh, Framil Reyes three. I go Ramirez four. I go. Who else I'm missing? Uh, Cesar Hernandez. I go him five. Mercado. Um, uh, Domingo Santana and then uh, Roberto Perez so for me I'm gonna go Lindor mm-hmm. um, Jose Santana Fran Mill um, who would have that fifth I'll, I'll put Cesar Hernandez fifth I'll put Oscar, Oscar Cesar Hernandez fifth Domingo Santana sixth Oscar Picado seventh mm-hmm um, Roberto Perez eighth, and then maybe Jordan Lupolo. He's gonna be probably platooning with somebody. Yep. In so I will put him now. nice. And Jordan Lupolo, I think Jordan Lupolo, um, he can he can be pretty good if if he can break out and learn to hit righties as well as he can hit lefties. Because against lefties, the only players that were just as good as him when he was platooning against lefties was Mike Trout and JD Martinez. Good company. <laughs> That's very good company. <laughs> yeah. um, the Legion of the Shields is kind of a throw-in and the Corey Kluber trade, but I think he could be pretty good from a defensive value standpoint. Yeah. Defense and replacement, on the basis, he could be a great pinch runner. Yeah. And then, he, he's, and then he's pretty good against lefty, so he could be a pretty good pinch hitter as well. Um, I think Christian Arroyo is going to be the everyday utility guy and you have Sandy Leon as your backup catcher. And um, with the bullpen... Um, Bradhan, Nick Whitgrant, Adam Sember, Oliver Perez, uh, Phil Mayton, James Hoyt, and Hunter Wood, or probably James Karinchak. Yeah. Um, I think Tito is gonna with the expanded rosters. Tito is gonna have more arms in the bullpen to throw at people. So I think that's gonna be pretty good. And, you know, Tito he's gonna bring reliever. He's gonna switch his relievers around and stuff like that. Um, and that's another thing too. Tito's um. Contract is up in 2021. They extended them as 2019. So I think that's kind of a, that might be a, a single change of the era of the Indians that might coincide with the rebuild or like mm-hmm. a slight reload or something like that. But um, I doubt they'll do a full rebuild. Just knowing this, they're not going to tear it down. Um, just the way that the the way that they structured everything, I think they should still be competitive. I think. They're not going to do like a full-blown reveal where they lose 100 games or 90 games a season for three years straight. Yeah. And Tyler Naquin is coming back from injury as well. So. Mm-hmm. This all sounds... I think he should be pretty decent. This all sounds um, good. Like I said, good. I don't know if good enough. I think it's a shame that I'm having those doubts, but that's really it. I think what you said about them being, a, you know, straight up, you know... Um, you know, like the floor is 90 wins. I think that's fair, especially with the state of this division, uh, as we're going to get into right now. But um, yeah, I just don't see anything past 95. I think they can win anywhere from 95 to 97, depending on the Twins. Yeah, it's going to be them and the Twins all the way. Maybe the White Sox getting involved themselves. But yeah, I would. It, the shorter season is going to benefit the Twins, I think, more because it's going to hide their rotation. 
and their pitching staff as a whole because the Indians usually have the best pitching in this rotation in this division by far yeah um, absolutely and they have the best organization they um, promoted Ruben Diablo to their, to, as a full-time pitching coach at the mm-hmm. measuring level um, the Yankees just to show how great the Indians pitching organization is viewed throughout the majors and minor leagues the Yankees signed one of their, one of their coaches that they promoted to the major league roster from the minor leagues as their full-time major league pitching coach and he doesn't have any experience so it shows how highly regarded yeah. they are and how much of a pitching factor they have yeah it's a good endorsement yeah yeah it's a big endorsement so um but i think i'm i'm pretty optimistic even though the season has an asterisk to asterisks to it because it's short because it's cut in half basically yeah it's gonna um, be random I'm, as fuck yeah i'm gonna burn on francisco Lindor and jose ramirez just yeah. just, just to kind of carry this lineup I can be mad at you for that. I thought you would be a lot more. Um, how do I say it? I thought that you would be like a bit less uh, optimistic, kind of like like damn, we fucked up. I'm actually a bit surprised that like you like you seem to be taking this uh, well. The addictive. It could be worse. It could be worse. It could definitely um, be worse. It could be a lot worse. I'm this. proof of that. So, um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like a lot of Indians fans really kind of despise the Dolans yeah but I think it's I think it's, it's it's fair but at the same time there's a snit that it goes to where it's just ridiculous because most Cleveland sports fans have no no problem with dealing with the dysfunction of the Cleveland Browns and how awful they are as an organization yeah. and how dysfunctional they are they're the most respectful team in Ohio sports Easily, they're easily the most stable team in Cleveland sports. I mean, besides yeah. the Cavs winning that one ring, and the Indians coming that close to winning another the ring in the same year, must have been a crazy year in, in Cleveland. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It, if Cleveland won that World Series, I'm pretty sure Cleveland would have burned to the ground. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh, kind of like make it sensible, but no comment. Um, yeah, uh, no comment. Um. So yeah, so uh, that was the Indians. Uh, like I said, uh, Pat surprised me a little bit with how uh, optimistic he is. I'm a bit less uh, optimistic, maybe because I'm just let down. Uh, but yeah, uh, that was the Indians. I feel like that was pretty accurate. Some uh, the team as a whole is good. There's really not that many holes. I don't know if they can do it all. Uh, so moving on uh, to a team that is quite the polar opposite, really. Um, Detroit sports as a whole have been just mired in futility for years and years and years. There's this joke I have uh, that uh, the Detroit um, Lions have not won a playoff game since before uh, 36 Chambers came out, and that's not a, and that's not uh, some shit that I'm just making up, people. That's actually true. So with that, you know, keeping with the theme, uh, the Detroit Tigers. This fucking team, they've lost a million games the past two years, and it's not looking like it's going to stop anytime soon. No, it's not. Um, and the fact that their young guys in the minor leagues are missing time, getting time with the, of development is a big deal. Yeah. Um, it's really hurting them. They have a few good pitching prospects. 
You have they have some really good pitching prospects. Matt Manning, Casey Myers, and Tariq Skubal. And that's the first time I've ever seen a white guy named Tariq in my life. <laughs> um, anyways. Same. Um, and Joey went. That's but he, I think he's getting TJ surgery. Um their lineup is terrible. It's just a whole bunch of veterans and Miguel Cabrera that are washed and Christian yeah. Stewart, who's kind of an awful defender, but he's a DH. Um Cameron Maybin, Wash, Nico Gilram. Um, he's doing pretty decent. Um, I don't think you could expect him much, but he, he's going to be okay, I guess. Um, Miguel Cabrera is, is a Wash. Yeah, sadly. Uh, I think the the thing with the, with the Tigers is it doesn't really matter what we say about the Major League team because anyone who shows any sort of promise, any, any, any anyone who who doesn't who has less who has more. My bad. Then uh, two years of, of uh, service and shows good promise. It's probably going to be traded anyway. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's really not a whole lot to say. I think the best way you can sum up this team is that Prince Fielder is still making money from this team. And the last time he played for them was like 2013. Yeah. Um, so, he's going yeah. to be getting paid the most out of any, any baseball player this year because of everything going on. That's what <laughs> Yeah. <like>. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I think their their general manager is. I don't know what he's been doing, but he's kind of he's kind of bad. Their pitching is awful. There's no plan. Yeah, there's, I just don't know what to say. Um, it's it's ridiculous. It's a it's a clusterfuck. It's a complete clusterfuck. And... It's bad. Yeah, it's it's really bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just this is just no optimism for this yeah, team zero. at all. Like, none. Aspect. None. Except for the minor leagues, like, and they got still a few a few years away. We don't know how they're gonna perform at the major league level. Yeah, there's always the risk factor. Like, this is the thing. I said that they you were. have a great manager. Though. I like your manager. You do? I mean, yeah, I like um, what's his name? Um, Rob Gardenhire. Yeah, he's a pretty good man. He's gonna make them play hard. I know that. He's gonna keep their culture together. Yeah, I mean that's really what you want. <laughs> When the team, yeah, that, I mean bad. that's what you need. Yeah. So I said it's that they were keeping ass. the, um, uh, you know, the theme of of uh, uh, Detroit sports. I was not joking. Um, let's do a you know a review of uh, Detroit sports and where they're at, right? So the Lions, we've already explained, they're the most mediocre. I think the Lions are the definition of, medi- of uh, mediocrity in football. I think that's fair to say. Um, they have not won a, a playoff game since before 36 Chambers came out. Uh, the Detroit Pistons have not won a playoff game since 2008. And they're, once again, eternal mediocrity. Um, and then you got uh, the, the, uh, the Detroit Red Wings, which are just now beginning a brutal rebuild and are the worst team in hockey. And the Detroit Tigers, which are pretty much the same thing as the Red Wings, but in baseball version. So, I mean, <laughs> like, what else is there to say, fam? Like, this team is so far away from doing anything relevant that it's really not not worth even talking about how many games are they going to win. It's really not. Yeah, it's a waste of time. They're going to yeah. lose 100 games again. Yeah, so it's whatever. So... I'm sorry if there's any uh, Tigers fans listening to this. I'm really sorry, but you're paying for the sins of uh, past management and you're going to be paying for a while. So 
moving on i think this is the quickest um review of any team we've done um yeah. <laughs> moving on to a team that might challenge that that uh record we just said uh the kansas city royals once again same story they're just beginning uh the rebuild they're miles away from competing uh do you have anything nice to say about them yeah the detroit tigers if they can steal bases pretty much i mean that's really what there is to it i'm still shocked that they won a world series they went to two back to back the years i'm shocked that they won they were the only al team to do that and that kind of shows how good that their farm system was and that roster was yeah and for a small market team that's what you want to do yeah. that's kind of like the peak yes they sucked um, they made two world series they won one now yeah. they suck again um they kind of they still have some good players that are going to be good trade pieces um yeah, airfield yeah or so there um salvador perez is going to be a kansas city royal for life i don't think he's going anywhere unless he requests a trade um out of virtual mondesi is only 24 he's about to turn 25 and he's really good and honestly if he can stay healthy he's going to be really good because he's going to steal 40 bases a year easily and he's going to play good defense because he, he has an range yeah um hunter dozer kind of kind of had a breakout season last year and if he could do that again he could mm -hmm. be pretty decent he could be a good trade piece as well with Merrifield um, yeah we talked about with, I wonder the Indians could trade for him but they will have to give up a lot maybe to get him mm -hmm. so I doubt it so. yeah he is um, Nicky Lopez is kind of like a Cesar Hernandez type player um, one thing the Kansas City Royals have done well over the last few years they drafted pretty well Yep. So they, their farm system is is pretty decent. They also the have no issue change. They did. Their owner um, was actually one of the part was one of the partial owners in the Indians, and he was going to buy the Indians. But when he saw the Royals, and that's his hometown where his company is located, he decided to buy the Royals, which is kind of what you should do. So um, good for him. He seemed he has money. He seemed like he's going to invest in the team, and he's not a bad guy. And ownership over too. Um, the rotation is awful. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> um, awful. Like we're not even gonna get to get into it. Their bullpen was one of the best bullpens ever a few years ago, but now it's awful as well. Yeah, everything so just fell that's apart. That. Yeah, and and that's how it goes. You you trade guys, you let them go. Um, yeah. That's just how they work to a small market teams like this. Absolutely. In their case, um, it's actually more passable because they went to two world series and they won one like nobody yeah, can take that won. away from him no amount of losing in the next four years can take that away from them so yeah so it i is think they wasted it but yeah they re-signed alex gordon and he's gonna get his number retired probably he's gonna block some prospects for some more uh yeah, they're not gonna have any prospects there in a minute yeah i know i was just making a joke because teams oh, okay. tend to do that cargo yeah. um anyway <laughs> i think we just beat our own record for the tigers uh for the quickest team preview because i mean really like it's just back-to-back -back teams that makes no sense to really talk about uh of the tigers and yeah. the royals both teams are going to lose likely you know you know 100 game pace uh i think with the short season though uh there's a chance because baseball is just like this I think there's a chance that there might be some important games and maybe they play spoiler because baseball is dumb. 
Oh yeah, they're going to. Um, and plus, Mike McKinney is our new manager. Yeah. Since um, yeah. Since what's his face? Um, cannot remember that man's name for nothing. Ned Yost. Ned Yost. Yeah, he retired. Yeah. Him and his bunts retired. So. It looks like I wanted to get off my lawn type of guy. <laughs> for sure, one hundred percent. Um. <laughs> One thing the Royals really value is up to middle guys because they have a huge outfield um, that can yep. play defense. So they value um, shortstop, second baseman, and center fielders that can play good defense. And that's one thing you're going to get. Um, I expect what Merrifield to get traded for Same. Same. Uh, a, a, a big package of prospects sooner or later just because he's cheap. He can hit and he can play pretty much any position on the field except exactly. catcher, pitcher first base or maybe third he's a valuable guy he's yeah. he, he should be on a playoff roster honestly yeah. he deserved that but the world's played around with the service time so there you have it yeah so uh yeah i feel like that's two the you know the two tanking teams back to back uh once again they're gonna eat a lot of losses um Moving on, the very last team in the American League Central. Uh, this is Pat's uh, second favorite team after the Cubs. He loves the Twins. Um, <laughs> the Twins. Uh, I just want to start out with the fact that the Twins won 100 games last year, the most the franchise has won in like 25 years, 25, 30 years, right? And they set a major league uh, record for home runs by a team in a season. Okay, so... And then uh, who did uh, who did they play um, in the ALDS, Pat? They got destroyed by the Yankees. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know the exact number, but I'm pretty sure they've lost like 12 games in a row to the Yankees in the playoffs, which is just incredible. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like 12. 13. 13. Oh my goodness. 13 losses to the Yankees straight. That is bullshit. Um, so That's after beautiful. laughing at them for that, uh, go on, go on. Um. Yeah. Um. So in the off season they signed Josh Donaldson, and I wanted to cry <laughs> because their lineup is just terrifying. This is disgusting. Um. Okay. Let's go over these names: Max Kepler, Jorge Polanco, Nelson Cruz, Josh Donaldson, Eddie Rosario, Mitch Garver, Luis Arise, Miguel Sano. Fuck that fat ass bitch. And Byron <laughs> Buxton. I think uh Eddie Rosario might be the worst hitter of the bunch. It's Mitch Garver. Eddie Rosario is actually a pretty good hitter. Mitch Garver's the worst hitter of the bunch? I think so. Man, I'm not sure. He 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 mashed the ball last year. Or maybe Byron Buxton, because he can't stay healthy anyways. Yeah, but anyway, so if those guys are the worst hitter in the lineup, like just think about what the top seven top eight looks like exactly this is stupid and the josh donaldson uh deal to me their benches their bench is ridiculous too yeah yeah that's another bonus of having so many good position players you can rotate people you got marlon gonzalez as a utility infielder yep I mean, the position player side, I feel like it's pretty set in stone. I think uh, the lineup is obviously, like we talked about, it's just terrifying. You know, there's power. There's okay, I'm going um, to put out their, their their 2019 team rankings for hating. All right. Um, Second and average. This is for the MLB. Yeah. 
second in average, sixth in all base percentage, second in OPS, second in runs, first in home runs, dirtiest in stolen bases. Ooh. And they added Josh Donaldson to that. That's bullshit, honestly. Um, um, but on the other side of that, their pitching is awful. Yeah, I think the bullpen's passable, well, not, but the rotation. The bullpen's passable, but the rotation is eh. Um, it's bad. You got Jose Barrios and the Temptations. Um, you got Jose <laughs> Barrios. You got Jake Odorizzi. He, he, he kind of a flukish season last year to me. Um, Kenta Maeda, Homer Bailey, who's a fit number five. Um, and Julius Chassin, I think he's going to make their rotation. Yeah. But they had this is Jose Barrios and a whole bunch of. Yeah, pretty upper, much. Upper level fours and fives, basically. Maybe one of them performs like a three. But the that's only, it. The only guy, um, the only guy who's uh, above, you know, a number four guy is Rich Hill. The problem with him is he makes twelve stars per year. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, in this, in this, uh, in the short season, he should be serviceable, and yeah, he still got Michael Pineda, who's going to come back sometime. So, yeah. And he has to finish his suspension though. But um They went after Sag Wheeler and they, they did, did not get to it, sign him. Thank you. I'm so happy about that. <laughs> and they just had Oh my goodness. I'm just this, this is unfair. Why the twins? Like what when did this happen? They were garbage a few years ago. This is Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> they, were, they had a great season in 2017 then they were trash in 2018 then they bounced back again in 2019 so if they follow the trend then they'll be ass in 2020 but I, I think that um, a short season for the twins you know we talked about this it's gonna be a slugfest it's yep. gonna be a bloodbath between them and the Indians it's gonna help them a short season is gonna help them you know hide the rotation a little bit the problem is you cannot hide it in the playoffs though Rich Hill is 40? Yep. Rich but he Hill throws is 89. Rich Hill is 40. Oh my goodness. He's been around forever. Yeah. Jesus. He throws 89 though, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. He, throw, he throws 89 and people swing and miss at it. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And then he has a curveball. I think he's going to be their number two guy. And I think Most they likely. put maybe one of Homer Bailey, Kenta Mayer in the bullpen. Maybe. I oh, think they gotta no. put Maeda as a starter. Yeah, they fans. do. Um, Julius Chessine should be there. Should be in the in the bullpen. Um, they also have my favorite guy ever, Williams Asudio, aka La Tortuga, <laughs> one of the coolest players ever. He's gonna he's gonna hit for like a four hundred batting average, but he but he also does like no power. He's 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 a really cool. He's one of those cool, unique baseball players. Yeah. yeah. You really appreciate everyone it. likes yeah yeah he just, those davis fletcher types like yeah, yeah. Um, he's he's built like that really fat kid that you went to middle school with yeah but he plays but he's athletic too <laughs> you know sure. you know got one of those guys talk about was like fast yeah. hands quick yeah. feet like yeah but he built like a barrel yeah he, he's built like a barrel but he could be a battle arena um yeah. those type of guys um, the Twins farm system is pretty good. They have some guys coming up soon. Yep, that should be contributing. Royce Lewis, um, Royce Lewis, Trevor Larno, Alex Karoloff. Um, they have some pitchers, Jordan Blazovich and Johan Duran. That they got the um, Eduardo Escobar trade that should be contributing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Luis Arias, he's going to kind of be bouncing all over the place, but he should be pretty good for them. Yep. Um, so we'll see what happens. But. I think that uh, they're one of the teams most hurt by uh, by a shortened season. Uh, well, by a lost season. By a lost season, my bad. Uh, oh, yeah, lost season for sure. In the case of baseball being canceled, they would really, really, really hurt. Because this is their time now. I agree. Um, I think in a longer season, their pitching gets exposed more. Yeah. And in a playoff yeah. series, too. And in a playoff series, for sure. Um, who knows how the playoff season is going to happen this year, if it does happen. Yeah. But um, this team is really similar to the Indians in that they don't have many holes. But they have more momentum, for sure, just because they won the road. Just because they won the division last year and they made a big signing for Josh Donaldson to add to an already stacked lineup mm-hmm. you gotta give him credit um, they're, <laughs> it's they're killing you operations. <laughs> yes uh, one of my friends she's gonna be she's gonna be so happy your agony in my voice when she listens <laughs> to this cause she's a huge Twins fan but um, yeah have a really great front office headed by um, Mike Falvey who was from the Indians front office. Yeah. Yeah, more coaching trees. But anyways, um I think they're uh I think it's not uh right to say that they're like the Indians in the terms that they don't have many holes because I think they have more holes than the Indians. I think the problem is that uh the twin speaks, you know, like their best of the best is better as a whole than the Indians best of the best, but their holes are also, you know, more pronounced. Yeah, I agree. Um, their their lineup is their lineup is gonna carry them in a yeah. short season. Yeah, for sure. They're gonna um, win a lot of seven to five games. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, I think the question is how does that play out in the playoffs? Of course, I mean I think last year was pretty damn easy to tell that uh, the ba- that the ball that they used in the playoffs was different than the one that they used in the regular season. And that and that really hurt him. <laughs> and one thing people forget is that the Indians came back and took over the division for a short time before they kind of got fatigued and Jose Ramirez breaking his wrist was yeah. a huge blow because Jose Ramirez looked like the Jose Ramirez that we all know who he is in the and, second half of the season last year. And the Indians were hurting like fuck. Yes, because we had so many injuries that hit, and we still won 93 games. And we lost like five straight at the end of the season because we could have won the division because we, we were close. So um, I think it's going to be the Indians and the Twins down to the wire. I agree. With maybe a cameo from the, from the White Sox. I think the um, Twins are similar to the Indians in that they have a high floor, maybe 90, 93 wins mm-hmm. at, at, at worst. Unless they have injuries. Um, that's I, I think that's around pace for an 82 game season. I think giving the Indians are going to be around the low 50s. Mm-hmm. I can so, agree with that. I can agree we'll, with that. We'll have to see what happens. Um, but I'm just going to line up. You have Nelson Cruz and Josh Donaldson back to back. <laughs> you know how stupid that is? Nelson Cruz and Josh Donaldson back to back. Yeah. I'm going to say that again to everybody at home. Nelson Cruz and Josh Donaldson back to back. That's pretty stupid right there. You know what's another yeah. plus? Another plus of Josh Donaldson is that it moves Miguel uh, out of third base. He's going to play first now, so yeah, which is a plus. Yeah, and, and he has uh, the the um, offensive fire to make up 
first base, and then you have Byron Buxton in center. And in a shortened season, he's probably going to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. The thing with this so. is that um, the shortened season, I mean, this is a topic, you know, kind of for its own, you know, podcast, whatever, but uh, the shortened season uh, really changes a lot of the dynamics of the baseball season because it's a lot closer for a good but not great team to stay, you know, hang with a great team through nine, through 82 games than through 162 a lot easier so you're gonna see more randomness i think that the twins are held by that i think both uh, the indians are uh, as well i think the, the the teams that are hurt are the powerhouses because you know yankees dodgers astros maybe braves they will have the 162 games to separate themselves again really. yeah yeah because i mean that's the whole point of the baseball season being so you know so long longer than any other uh you know sports season because baseball as, as a sport is just so random there's just so many you know there's so there are so many things attached to luck or just small details then that one game just does not give you a, an, an accurate picture neither does 50 games neither does 80 games 162 games is what you need so yeah, uh, I think the standings for this division are pretty set in stone when it comes to the bottom three. I think the top two are kind of easy to flip flop, though. Yes, I agree. Um, what would you go with? Indian, uh, I don't know. The Indian Twins are such a close toss up. It's just reasonably, just being reasonable. They're so kind of close from the overall standpoint. Yeah, both have flaws. Because while the Indians have their offensive flaws, um, if Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor and Carlos Santana do what they do, mm-hmm. they're still pretty close. And if Oscar Mercado figures some things out or maintains what he was doing last year, and their team defense is good as it was last year, they still and they, they have their pitching and run prevention as well that the Twins just don't have mm-hmm. available. So it's just it's a toss up, but I'm gonna go Twins win the division by two games. Okay. Between one and three games, okay. and need to get the wild card. One the wild card because they can expand the wild card too. Yeah. So I think that's gonna happen for sure because there's no any other year except for last year the Indians won a wild card. See, ninety three games and you miss a wild card. That's the first time it's ever happened in history in history of sport. Um, uh, White Sox kind of maybe I said maybe two to five games behind just because it's a short season and they're young and they're going to play hard all the way through mm-hmm. and they're not going to be as exposed maybe um, and then I'll go Royals and then Tigers Yeah, I just because the Tigers are not much worse yeah I think I think I copied your standings really I think Twins by a very small margin I think anyone who tells me the Indians will uh, will win the division I think it's fair perfectly fair but um, it's gonna be close either way. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be close either way. I'm going like Pat Twins by just a few games. I think the White Sox will be somewhere around 500, just above it, and then Royals and Tigers just really does not fucking matter. So, uh, yeah, uh, that was the AL Central. I feel like it's easy for this division to send two teams to the playoffs this year. For the first time, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, so thank you for listening. Uh, everything will be down below. And just as a reminder, a little side note: uh, the show has a Twitter account. 
so go follow that because there will be updates there you know different sort of baseball content threads and all that kind of stuff so go follow that pay attention to all those checks stay tuned to the program and we'll continue to give you baseball content week in week out so thank you for listening and that was the pinch talk podcast peace I can't believe I said that many nice things about the twins on the press.